All right, we're live. We're just going to jump right into it. Yep. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Switch It Up podcast, episode 12. And welcome to the first episode in which we both have corresponding microphones. We both have genuine microphones. Microphones uh, that are actually worth more than zero dollars. We now have spent about a hundred dollars too much on this podcast. <laughs> too much. <laughs> we don't get paid enough for the shit. We don't get paid at all, Colby. My point exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, no, it feels uh feels good to it feels good to kinda, you know, start uh expanding the setup a little bit, you know? It is, yeah. I mean, we're 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 obviously um on the we're obviously going up on the on the you know all the analytics as the as the data nerds would call it. I mean, so, hey, we gotta we gotta make sure that it is the best viewing experience for our or the best listening experience for our listeners. I swear to God, I'm never gonna stop. You using yourself, it. so you're getting better. I'm getting a little better, but uh, yeah, so. we have a lot of ideas in the works. So uh, we're hoping that you guys will. Uh, enjoy the hopefully higher quality of the uh of the audio that uh we will try to employ in these episodes now but uh in any case uh mr moyer i feel like we should start off by talking about uh the bolts the one and only chargers tyler today was the first day in three long weeks i went out in public with my chargers gear on I wow. was I was repping this win. It was the luckiest win, but we were repping it. A brutal coaching fluke by Matt Nagy, which <laughs> takes a knee instead of trying to get more yards to make the kick closer. And the Bears end up missing the game-winning field goal in Chicago. Chargers now 3-5. and five. Still are a pretty shit football team, but hell, a win's a win. I'm going to enjoy it. I was about to say, I, I was happy for you. I saw your... Your tweets and your all your social posts, and I was, I, you know, I, I was happy for you. I was watching a barstool live stream um, coming back from because I, I pulled into my Lock Haven parking area. Uh, they were about to get the kick away. I obviously wasn't close enough to a TV to watch it, so I just threw on a barstool live stream and I just watched a Bears fan sit there depressed. I'm like, he had to have missed the kick, and I went on and got confirmation the kick was indeed wide left. It was great. I was about to say I didn't watch. Uh, a lot of the game, or any of the game, rather. Um, so I, I had to rely on your tweets to uh, kind of get a sense as to what was going on. Listen, I live for Sunday tweeting. I was about to say, I say, on an unrelated note, my mother, uh, we were talking about the podcast earlier, and she mocked all of the bad habits that I do on this podcast. Oh, mean. What a yeah. cruel... She, you know, she mocked me for saying, yeah, no, a lot. For sighing. I say absolutely a lot, so. Well, hey, we're just, we're just trying to have fun here, so we're not going to let, oh. we're not going to let her kill her vibe here. We're the funnest podcast around. Sorry? We're the, we're the funnest podcast around. You heard me. We're the funnest podcast on the market at the moment, people. Yes, we're the... Yeah, that's about it. That about sums it up. That that about sums it up. Any other sports-related news you want to go into before we jump right into the uh, main topic for the day? Uh, Sean Clifford might be good. It pains me to say it, but he might he be might. good. Are you sure? Like he still, it still wasn't the best perform. Well, I, it was probably his best performance this season. But 
Oh, like, it was absolutely his best performance this season. <laughs> he came out that first half. He was guns a blazing. Yeah, no, he was. And then the second half, you know, the whole team just decided to mail it in and get back to the happy valley healthy. But a win's a win. So eight a Penn State is eight and certainly a win. Eight and out. Um, yeah, no, we are uh, climbing. So we're coming for that for that top spot. I'm telling I, you. I know everybody was wondering, but Lockhaven dropped their seventh game in a row this weekend. <laughs> tough sledding. That's uh, that is a tough scene. All right, Tyler. We're ready. Right. Here we go. What right, what you so, got for us, Tyler? Two games, two heavily marketed games came out, have come out or are coming out in for the Switch this month. Can, yes. Do you want to guess what those games are? Uh, I don't need to guess, but uh, I, I'm gonna. I will say I will humor you by saying Ring Fit Adventure. Tyler, that is indeed one of the games. It is out now. You can get it for the Nintendo Switch. That it's kind of made its way around the internet. People like it. And uh, I am going to say for the second game to be the spookiest game yet on the Switch. Coming out on the spookiest day of the year, Luigi's Mansion 3. Tyler, you are two for two. It's unbelievable. <laughs> So, yes, we talked about this earlier. It's almost as if we talked about this, but both of those games have official ratings. People have the people, the critics, they have all had their input. Luigi's Mansion obviously is um, pre-release ratings, but we're going to talk about that as well. Still no Link's Awakening unit sold confirmed numbers. Really? Which can only mean good things, I'm assuming, for that game. We can get into that a little bit later, but... Ring Fit Adventure has kind of taken over. It's kind of taken over the internet to an extent. Um, a lot of Nintendo gamers are enjoying it. It's made up for some pretty funny videos. Um, have you seen the Jimmy Fallon video? I have not seen the Jimmy Fallon so video. Jimmy Fallon did an exercise with the Ring Fit Adventure. It's so it's super funny. I encourage you to watch it if you haven't already. It's a quick one minute clip of him doing an exercise with the band, with the circle writ or the I don't know what the hell it's called the ring shit. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's good. And then the third game in the Luigi's Mansion series. So just to confirm, we have Luigi's Mansion, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, and then Luigi's Mansion 3. I'll... I think they also re, like, re-released or ported the original Luigi's Mansion to the 3DS. Yeah, so um, Luigi's getting his. He's, we're getting the spook on. You know, it's we almost... are getting the our fair share of the green clad lad. This will this will probably be the last episode before Halloween hits the hit, hits the hits the ground running. So anyway, let's just jump right into it. Yeah, let's, let's get into the, right let's, let's get into some ratings, Tyler. What do you want to hear first? Metacritic, Games Radar, or IGN? Give me IGN. IGN. Okay, for Ring Fit Adventure, IGN gave a seven point eight out of ten for Ring Fit. Yes. Okay. That's and it gave Luigi's Mansion an eight point three out of ten. I mean Ring Fit Adventure I didn't know what to expect, but for Luigi's Mansion I, I expected something along those lines. Okay, so I have the IGN article here for Ring Fit Adventure. I have a Luigi's Mansion article, but that's not that doesn't relate to the ratings, but anyway. 
It is Nintendo's latest weird game fitness thing is the first sentence in the article. I couldn't have put it any better myself. Exactly. And it is difficult is more difficult than expected. It is an integrated fitness is an integrated fitness game into an RPG. Uh, admittedly, I have not seen a lot of the game. I have been very preoccupied these uh, past few weeks, but uh, I've seen the intro segment and I've seen what the villain looks like. And um, he is. He's uh, ripped. he's ripped. He, is, he has. I don't know, man, like that. His, his wardrobe's a little lacking, in my opinion. Um, two. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not great. Yeah, it's not great. But, um, you know, what do I know? I've only watched like a, probably a combined five minutes of gameplay from Alpharad. So I don't I don't know how. How good of an opinion that could form. But all right. So the story starts off with a page straight out of RPG cliches. One oh one. Your hero is tricked into unleashing a buff bodybuilding dragon named Dragux. It's like a Pokemon. It, it, I think it's Drago. Drago, just Drago. silent. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I believe I believe that is how you pronounce it. Tyler, he was imprisoned by his friend. Do you want to guess what his friend's name was? Wasn't it it's the Ring? The, it's the Ring. Is the Ring's his friend or the I ring. guess ex best friend, former <laughs> he friend? Was Al. By his friend Ring. Yo, yo, who is Ring? Snitched on him. He he served the time, and now now I there's know, not, not good bases anymore. No, not great. Not great friends anymore. You can't be snitching. Who's yeah. uh, now your fitness companion and training partner on a journey to thwart Drago's plan, which we can only assume is to make everybody unfit. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. That well, let is, me say. Now Drago, this is an Avengers level threat. Well, let me say Drago's dominating the United States then if he wants to make everybody unfit. <laughs> or maybe. I mean, I don't even think he needs to like. It says, unfit, it says unfit or buff. It's not totally clear. Well. Okay, so that's... Hey, just, hey, a mysterious motivation for a mysterious villain, you know? Yeah, that's the synopsis of the game, essentially. Um, there's not really any spoilers, obviously. If you've ever played an RPG, you get a story, you beat the bad guy. Voila. I guess it's how you do it is what is interesting. You take, You use the ring for a variety of exercises... That actually make you work up a sweat, essentially. So I've heard. Yeah. So basically, yes, it's it's quite a it's quite a workout. If we're being honest, I've seen it's a lot of legs. We don't you don't love to see that. A lot of abs. Um, yeah. I've seen no no chest or biceps. That's kind of disheartening. Um, no back, <laughs> no tries, no lats, shoulders, well, how, nothing. How can you do biceps? How can you not? No, but like how like without. I don't know. Just find a way, Nintendo. Oh, God. DLC, bicep this adventure. This is cardio, man. Disgusting. This is why. Well, listen, 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 listen. This also brings up quite the important point, I think. Okay. Earlier on in our podcasting uh, career, okay, we issued a Play challenge people. to our viewers, didn't we, regarding this yes. game? Yes, we did. Um, I believe we definitely overestimated uh our audience at the time yes so that's fair now knowing that the game is being well well received oh no do we want to re 
to retry this challenge to see if our current audience uh, is able to get us to play this game. If they want it, they can let us know. If they want it, all right. Well, then they what want it. What well, do you think would be a good, uh, good, um, a good stat for them to reach? A good view count, listener count, but we'll, we'll ignore it. Shit! <laughs> Damn. Um, I have two numbers in my head. Since I don't really want to buy this game, I'm going to go with the higher one. <laughs> Come on, man! You got to get fit. I, I'm. No, I'm I'm on Drago's side here. By the way, yeah, I'd much Drago. rather be buff than fit. I will 100% join the bad guys. How about 40? I was thinking 45. 45, 42, 42 listens. It is. I still don't think we're gonna reach that, but I guess for you that'd be a plus. Hell yeah! Time All right, college. I'm poor. <laughs> oh, dude, one only one of our our second highest. Uh, listened to episode is neat i don't even think broke 42 yes we have three we've three we four episodes above that total oh well, so that's cool. you know four for 11 that's like what 36 percent. that's pretty good so <laughs> that that's a third a little over yeah so all right so we'll address that later i'll um, right. right. don't forget it but yeah yeah um people do love the people do love the game it's Found, again, once Jimmy Fallon can get behind something, you know it's good. Yeah, I agree. Well, this kind is broken. <laughs> you hate to see it. You you definitely hate to see that event take place. All right, Tyler, what do you want next? Games Radar or Metacritic for these reviews? Well, do we really need to go through the rest? Are they all much, much the same? Um... Yeah, ring fits right around 80%. All right, well, then, I mean... What, do you want to hear them for Luigi's Mansion, though? I do, yes. I do want to hear them for Luigi's Mansion. All right, Mansion. so IGN's 8.3, Games Radar's a 4.5 out of 5. Metacritic's mm-hmm. 86%. That bodes well. Yeah, um, probably going to be the best game since Link's Awakening for the Switch. I agree. Until Sword and Shield just completely blows it out of the water, but <laughs> comes along and just yeah, yeah, <laughs> just absolutely just crushes it. Yep. So uh, I'm just trying to get this. I'm not trying to skim this article. Um, Gooligi, I guess Gooligi's the most the most sought after part of this entire game. What do you, what do you, think, heard that, what do you think? I've of, heard, heard that people are latching on to this to this pile of goo. Gooligi for Smash? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. It says, should you decide to go solo, you'll still need to use Gooigi often, as many of the game's puzzles revolve around swapping between both characters. Gooigi. Fire and water will both instantly dissolve Gooigi, which comes into play a lot as you attempt to open up pathways. It My says you'll, you'll need to rely on him too much. Um... Luigi has a few more moves in the arsenal. Oh, boy. The, pol- oh, no. the Poltergust vacuum can suck and blow objects with the triggers, obviously. <laughs> Pressing them both together will cause a big gust of air that shoots Luigi up 
about a foot into the air. So he's essentially got Rivali's Gale in this game. All right. You love Not bad. You, yeah, I mean, Luigi and Rivali, I mean, that could be quite the tandem. Apparently you're in a hotel, too, so I don't know how I feel about that. In a, ho- a haunted hotel? Professor E. Gad is somehow still alive? How is that bastard not dead? Dude, he's... He's an ageless one. I don't, I don't know. He's a... He... He's he old. Probably, he can probably cook something up. He's like, oh, hey, look at this de-aging serum. There's a mult. There's a multiplayer. That's interesting. It's not a short. It's not a short game. Um, the I guess the original one only took three to five hours to beat. Huh. The time on the when this person when uh, I'll give credit here. Um, when Chris Kohler, a writer for a uh, Kotaku magazine or whatever the website, it said it took him eighteen hours to beat. Jeez, okay then. It's longer that is longer than Link's Awakening. That is far longer than Link's Awakening. Yeah, so I guess the game has um You see the thing is I would again, like we harp on this a lot, but I feel it's true for you too. What's what's inching me towards no for this game is just the fact how how replayable is it going to be? Yeah, same here. Like that's not to say this isn't going to be a good game because it's already shaping out to be one of the better games for the switch this year. But right. I mean, how many, how many times can you do all these puzzles? And like I said, with links awakening, I've only played links awakening once since I beat it. Like I haven't played it since I know you're a different story, but right. But again, still like, yeah, like how, like just, I like games that have a lot of like variety. Like I don't know how much variety you're going to get with this game. I guess you can try to solve puzzles like a certain different ways with the Guiji factor, but I don't know how much excitement that's going to bring after beating the game once. Right. So that is, that's the ring fit adventure in Luigi's mansion. That's what's going on right now. Luigi's mansion will be available on the spooky stay of the year, which is three days from now. So at the time of this recording, by the time it's listening, it's certainly creeping up on us. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you. All right, so all right, we're about hat. We're we're about almost nineteen minutes in. Do you want to talk? Do you just want to dive? Do you just want? We've been building this up for a while. Do you want to just get into it, or do you want to talk about the best twenty nineteen Switch games first? We can go best twenty nineteen Switch games first, okay. I suppose. So, Oh shit. Um um let me find it. I let me just search it up. It shouldn't be that hard. I was reading an article earlier on Nintendo Life and it was talking about twenty seventeen. What a year twenty seventeen was. Yeah. Odyssey I mean just Odyssey and just Odyssey and Breath of the Wild are enough for me. I mean, that just slaps. I was about to say you. Uh, I say I was about. I say I was about to say a lot as well. That happens. Okay, yeah, so happens. best twenty best Nintendo Switch games of twenty nineteen so far, and it's far from over. Um, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe comes in at number fifty. You know, um, it should stay there. Peachette <laughs> should. Uh, Stay in the trash. 
as with all of the terrible, terrible circumstances that it created as well. Let's be let's let's be real here. Um, Super Mario Bros. Wii is the best one, I think. New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Well, the first no, the first one, the original. Oh, for, New Super Mario Bros. For the DS. Yeah, of like of that series, like I think that's the best one. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, they just got too cute with it. If we're being honest, seven point nine out of ten here on the website. Um, Ultimate Alliance Three, a game we've both played, is forty four. I think that's right. That's about right. Yep. No comment. No further comment on that. Another game we did not replay, but very multiplayer heavy. We I think we enjoyed it for the ten hours we played it. Uh, yeah. No. Um, it was very it was very fun. Definitely playing with uh with you and I together. It was uh it was a lot of fun. The moves are very the combos are very simple, but still pretty addicting. Uh, especially with you know shield breaks being you know really satisfying with their sound design and all that. Yeah, uh, it's not it's, it's not it's not easy, but I mean, if you want to get all the characters, it's definitely a grind. But neither of us grinded for all the characters. Yeah, so. I got all the characters except for Thanos. Yeah, which kind of defeats the purpose if you just get the villain on your team, right? You know, forty three. I I don't know much about it, or I don't know much about it, but I just have to think that this was a disappointing game for the Nintendo uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. Yeah, no, I. I think I, it had a lot. I think it had a lot of build up to it. It just didn't ever get to that point. I have literally no data on that whatsoever. No, but I think it definitely. I I want to say it flopped, but that, that's a little harsh. I want to say it flopped. I think it's a little harsh, but um, it's it's a four. It's a IGN gave it a seven point out of ten. It came out February fourteenth. I yeah, I mean that game had a lot of build up to it. I think, and I think four point eight or seven point excuse me is I don't think that sits well with Nintendo. But it's been a good year for them, so I think they can live with it. Yeah, I think at, so. At thirty seven, Untitled Goose Game already. Hey, there we go. That I can get behind. And thirty two's Final Fantasy seven, which is exclusive on the eShop. So, not gonna lie, a game I've scrolled over and thought about buying i haven't i just don't feel like i could really appreciate it as much as the people who played it back in the day if we had a if we were if we both had ps4s we'd for sure get the remake that's coming out next year oh for sure yeah number 27 a game that did surprisingly well cadence of hyrule um crypt of the negro dancer featuring the legend of zelda I heard that Crypt of the Necrodancer was very good. I thought it was a really cool concept, but I am very bad at rhythm games, so I didn't mm-hmm. end up picking it up. Yeah, I have no rhythm to begin with. I can't dance. So but I still think it's awesome to just, you know, you're fighting and exploring to the beat of the music. Uh, and it's pretty cool. So It's a cool concept, and I'm glad it did well. Yeah, same here. Cause 24, Ring Fit Adventure. Right, you just... You know, um, we just got done talking about all that. Um, I mean, you could just interrupt me again if you want, but yeah. we'll finish it. I'm currently scrolling. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just keep going. Dick. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Nothing notable on that page. So I'm just naming notable games. I'm not going to list every single one. Yeah. Number nine, Cuphead, a game you refuse to play with me. 
Uh, you're never going to get me to play that game. Number eight, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Uh, you know what? Didn't we say that it would get eight? No, we say it'd be eight on top sellers, like best-selling games for the Oh, best-sellers, okay. For the well, year, though, I think that should be a little higher. Yeah, no. I, well, it depends on what's in front of it. I'm probably going to... Well, you see, here's the problem with this list. A lot of third-party games are above it, which I don't agree with. Well, name some. Number one's The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, a game that came out 2015. What? No way. That's number one, yeah. Are you kidding? Absolutely not. No way. I think this should be Nintendo exclusive if we're just talking about games for Nintendo of the year. Yeah, I mean, which is a good game. It's based off rating. It has a 9.42. Well, very well deserved. But if we're talking about 2019, let's get 2019 games on For the year? Yeah, exactly. Man. That's Again, we're not we're not we're not shitting on Witcher Three. We know it's good. We yeah, know. we know the game is good, but it came out in 2015. This should be 2019 exclusive games. Okay, not, so here we here we go. Not um, ports that are coming out in 2019. Yeah, release date October 15th of 2019 for the Switch. So, but obviously, The Witcher Three set the bar for modern RPGs back in 2015. Okay, so no, I guess number one. So I guess number one for this would be um, Dragon Quest Echoes of Elusive Age. Dragon Quest, huh? Mm-hmm. There's I a lot of Dragon about it besides Hero being added to Smash. Dragon Quest Builders 2 is number six. So a lot of Dragon Quest here. People like that game. I mean, with the, with the introduction of Hero... It's probably probably boosted the popularity. Expected that people would go and check it out. Yeah, it makes the most sense. Number five. Do you want to guess? You own it. I own it. Yep. Uh, is it is it something that I own that you don't own? That should probably give it away. Well, I am pretty stupid. Um, That'll happen. And I also haven't touched my Switch in a while. That's disgusting. I, look, man. We're not going to get into that. Anyway. Um, I, can't think, I can't think right now. Please just okay. tell me and end my suffering. <laughs> Super Mario Maker 2. Oh, gross. Oh, get it out of here. No do, way. Do, there hasn't do, been one content drop. All right, if that's they gross. They stopped supporting that game after like a week. All right, if that's gross, the last sentence is buying this game is an absolute necessity. Oh my, shut up. <laughs> Nintendo life, shut the hell up. Number four, Fire Emblem Three Houses. That's that's more like it. There was a lot riding on it. It should be leagues better than Mario Maker, but I will take a number four spot. Yeah, we're going from five, then Grand Canyon Jump to four. So, <laughs> um, expanded game play styles, retool combat, lovable characters, in-depth character customization. I don't know. Hook you fast and almost guarantee you to keep you engaged for dozens, if not hundreds of hours. Tyler, it happened for me with hours. Yeah, no, I trust me, I... No, I, like it. No, like it's my new number one for hours. Ah, uh, so it finally, Link's it finally, a, yep, good old Linky boy has finally been topped. <laughs> He's finally been surpassed. And then number number three is a game that neither of us played, but was received very well. Uh, Astral Chain. 
That game looks cool as shit. That's three. Mm-hmm. Man, I guess I really underestimated how popular it was. Mm-hmm. It, Interesting. Yeah, it's probably one of platinum. Wow. Um, breaking news, the Miami Dolphins are beating the Steelers 14 nothing. Well. Miami's winless. <laughs> <laughs> Very winless. Oh, no. Ben. Ben's Benny I, boy, come on. Ben's dead. He, he got hurt in week two. Wait, he did. Uh. Yeah, they have, they have a, I don't even know if Rudolph's playing tonight, but their backup got knocked out on the field in like week five. Like he was out cold. <laughs> oh my he got God. dropped. He got dropped like a freaking leather bag. Um, here, let me find. I don't even know if Rudolph's playing. Their backup's name's Duck Hodges. Never heard of him. All right, we take we interrupt this. We interrupt this podcast right now. We interrupt this gaming news to bring you yep, um, sports updates. Okay, Rudolph's playing, and he's dominating. One of six, 14 yards, and interception. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick's 8 of 11 for 82 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> I don't know how the hell he does it. Anyway. I, I, have, I don't know. All right. Tyler, do you want to talk about some Breath of the Wild? Are we, are we getting into it? I mean, unless you want to cut the episode here at 29 minutes. All right. Don't got to sass me. I didn't sass you. It's an <laughs> honest <laughs> question. Okay. Yeah, we'll do some Breath of the Wild. Uh, so, Colby For starters, and I got, the, game, the game's okay. The game's okay? It's decent. Can you give us a number rating, Mr. Mr. Colby? Five and a half. Oh. Out of ten. Wow. <laughs> Can you give us the real number, Mr. Colby? 13 out of 10. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you better get back in the fanboy mode because I'm going to need your help with this one. Don't worry. Fanboy mode's been... He's in the basement for a while. We're about to unlock the door and let him free. We're going to let him run for a little bit. So, Colby and I are bouncing ideas off each other for certain things that we wanted to talk about going forward. For, for probably a year now. Yeah, so we're kind of drawing on them. Um... I thought we'd go back to Breath of the Wild, obviously one of our favorite games of all time, uh, and just talk about it a little bit. Kind of go into a more in-depth look than we have previously on this podcast. Because we've talked in-depth about this game privately ourselves. For, Before the podcast even started. Yeah, for years. So we thought we'd go ahead and put our ideas out there so yeah so as far as this podcast is concerned um we haven't talked a ton about breath of the wild because obviously the game like they stopped adding content to the game we've alluded to its legacy and how much we love it in many episodes but for a while yeah we've never really gone super in depth with it so no we have not so where do you want to begin you would like is there anything you would like to say about it quick before i kind of go into my more specific Okay, so um, Breath of the Wild was my first ever Legend of Zelda game. So again, I'm an, I'm a, I'm a newbie when it comes to this. I don't I didn't start with Ocarina of Time, didn't start with Majora's Mask, didn't start <laughs> with Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, none of that shit, none of that traditional bullshit. Oh, well, <laughs> hey, hey, now. So, so I, I digress. <laughs> um, my first, so this is my first experience. And honest to God, I don't think I could have loved the game more for so long. But then I was proven wrong. That's a different story. But I was say, we're, we're not talking about that one. No. 
It's We've talked about that one for many episodes. The game fucking made me cry. Like, I don't know. Like, no game's ever done that to me before. Like, like Where cry like a, cry? A, a, a good cry. A good we're cry? About, we're not talking about getting blue shell in the last corner of a Mario Kart. We're not talking about uh, that. Yes. Like okay. a good cry. Like, like, well, you not, not even like a, like a stress relief cry, like a holy shit, I finally did it thing. Because... The game is just so well done, and it it, ha- it has its criticism, but even that, the criticism like knocks it down to what a nine point nine out of ten. Like, <laughs> get the hell out of here! <laughs> it's so fantastic. In fact, the one thing I did want to talk about was kind of like my inspiration of bringing Breath of the Wild back up at a time like this. Not just because the sequel is information could be released at any moment, but it's that you know I watch YouTube pretty much every day, and. I've been watching reactions to the initial Breath of the Wild trailer. Jesus Christ. I've a trailer watched. which you didn't even see initially. I, n- I knew nothing about the game until I got a yeah, Switch. Yeah, he went in completely blind. No trailers, no nothing. Like, I, got, I, got, so I got a Switch in December of 2017. The game came out like nine months before that. I just decided to get it. <laughs> and then I showed him... I remember I showed you the trailer afterwards after we had already beaten the game and everything and goosebumps oh every time and it's just so amazing to see all these different people all these different zelda fans nintendo fans reacting to this trailer because honestly it's just one of the best trailers for a game ever it's the best trailer i've ever seen for a video game and the reaction, the react. If and if you just watch the trailer on its own, you'll get goosebumps. If you really love the series, but if you watch the reactions to it, you just you'll spend two hours watching different people's reactions to it. You see the impact it has on people, and it's just the game wasn't even out at that point, and people were still just ah, uh, they were so excited, and it's just the music was triumphant and Ooh. epic. All the scenes were spliced together perfectly. The scene of Zelda crying into Link's oh arms. Oh my god, it just shake rattled rolled you if you were watching it. The highest point. Oh, it's so fantastic. But that actually also kind of sparked my thinking for doing this sort of, you know, in-depth sort of look. Yep. It's that when you look at that trailer and then play the game directly after, most of the game isn't really like that. This is the... This was before... This trailer came out before we knew how the story of Breath of the Wild was being told. Yeah. This was before we knew that the whole game was happening after an apocalypse and after all the characters, or at least most of the characters, or at least uh, a good portion of the characters that we saw in the the trailer were long gone. Either that... Yeah, this was before we knew. This is before we knew that the majority of the scenes from that trailer were from memories of the past. Yeah, that's crazy. How the trailer, like ninety percent of the trailer, is stuff that has already happened. And you know, there's all there's all also a bunch of other things. Like you know, there's a lot of pics of the or a lot of scenes of the current divine beast debacles of the after of the scenes of the like little beast confrontations. You know, with the different descendants of the champions. Uh, but you also see a lot of the champions and a lot of Zelda, which again all happened in the past. You see none of Zelda until you, you get to the castle. 
none of Zelda unless you're through the memories or at the end of the castle. Unless you go at the end, unless you 100% of the game. Well, I guess not 100%. Get the true ending. Get the yeah, true, true ending. ending. Um, but, yeah, and the main criticism that I do see throwing at Breath of the Wild a lot is its repetitiveness in its dungeon design, being the shrines. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, there's no traditional dungeons. It's just shrines. Every single act you do, every, pretty much every single trial that you complete always leads to the same thing, a shrine. And an orb. And or an orb puzzle or something. Yeah. But I kind of wanted to flip the script on that and kind of see... Let's, let's, let's do it, Dan. ...why they did it. So, in my opinion, the game focuses in on two things simplicity and expansiveness from its puzzles to all the game's different mechanics uh cooking combat etc the game works to establish big overarching core concepts and then cram as many unique spins and iterations on those big concepts in the world as possible so for instance the orb puzzles are a perfect example of this there, there are a lot of them, obviously. You notice either the orbs themselves or the pads they're supposed to be placed on all <laughs> over Hyrule. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> and they're one of the main puzzle types you'll see in a lot of your playthroughs. And yeah, it would have been great to have a bigger variety of unique puzzle structures, sure. But because of the nature of Breath of the Wild, as in the no direction or hand-holding, just go brave the world feel it establishes, the puzzles pretty much need to be that way. And it actually, I feel like it actually works to the game's benefit. Because, say, you're either in your... I feel like everyone is on the consensus that the first few hours of Breath of the Wild are some of the best. Especially before, if you're going in blind and you don't know anything about the game. The Great Plateau is almost the perfect way to introduce a game like that. Yeah. It introduces, it has, introduces the... Like all the runes. Yeah, the free to roam introduces the runes, introduces how you're going to get these orbs and how you're going to get Link essentially stronger to take on the final boss. And it, and it gives you the main gist of the game, which is to, and it tells you the backstory, tells you what happened because obviously you're going in blind, like literally, like you see the trailer and you're just like, okay. What Damn it. Um, going on. I was had such a good streak with not getting interrupted. With, <laughs> But I lost my train. Of th- okay, never mind. But <laughs> so yeah, you you watch this trailer and you're like, okay, when are we gonna get to all this? Little do you know, it's already happened. Yeah, uh, the game is, you know, much less balls to the walls, epic, sweeping, gigantic moments. It has them, obviously, with all the divine beasts, but it's not constant. There's a lot of downtime and a lot of exploring the little things in the world as well. And I feel like these puzzle structures and this combat needs to be the simple way that it is. Because say you're in either your first hour or your 100th hour. Your first hour, of course, if you run into the one of these puzzles for the first time, you know, you'll you'll figure it out, of course, depending on where you are. There's a lot of different ones with a lot of different situations still, but they're all in the same core concept. Get the orb to the pedestal, thing happens. So you could be anywhere in the world and you see this pedestal and you automatically know, okay, I know what needs to go there. 
Mm-hmm. Now I need to find it, figure out what unique situation this orb is in or in the unique way I need to get it and do it. You know? Yeah. It has. To, I feel like it has to be that way because of how big the world is and how it needs to be. The world is huge, but it still needs to have those simple concepts so that people won't get, you know, confused easily. Because this is this game is also probably going to draw in a lot of new players. Yeah. Okay. So Switch's success and it being a launch title and all that, I feel like that's also a con, a uh, an aspect that um, the simplicity uh, argument benefits. Okay, so I want to stay on the topic of the world because I just remembered something I heard and I want to get your idea of it. All right. So when so when Game Grumps was playing this game, they had an episode where they were talking about this stuff. Okay. And. I forget the I forget their names, but it, uh, I was, Dan and Aaron. Aaron's the one who plays the game. Dan is the one who has the afro, laughs a lot. Okay, so I think it was Aaron. Aaron. Okay. Aaron said that one of the critiques with the world was that it was too big, and he said that you can go without two or three of the reasons. Which I think is true, but what I think is, but what I, the interesting thing I, he brought up was, and I want to tell you about is. He thought that they made the map beforehand and then put the stuff in rather than the vice versa, which is why it's so open and big and there's a lot of empty space. What do you, what do you think about that? I did watch that episode, and you're right. It was Aaron that said that. And, I mean, the Koroks are a perfect example of why he's kind of right. Because it's, yeah, there's 900 of the little shits everywhere 900 who has time to find 900 who has time to find 100 see you know when you get a reward for a shrine i feel like you know you at least get a spirit orb it powers up link you get new weapons and things from the enemies and or the chests that you find in there i feel like that is a much because you know the game encourages you to explore you want to climb to the highest peaks and you know, to the edges of the world and find what what's out there. And you'll, you know, sometimes you find cool things like boss enemies or secret locations. You know, find a Hinox or a, a Lionel and that stuff's rewarding. Like that's that stuff's perfect. cool. Like you get cool encounters, the environment for mm-hmm. that boss could be different and shake it up. Yeah. Or of course you get a shrine. Uh, that's always, you know, good to see you get some more gear, oh. but in a lot of these places there are Koroks. Yeah, and I feel like they are just there to fill in. It's definitely. I do need nine hundred. It definitely fills in the space. Like you can go. I think the region with the most shrines in it is the Hebrew region, which is yeah. the snow, which is the snow area. I, so, I, yeah. It's 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 it if it's not the most, it's one. It's top three. Right, but like you can do without most of you can do without the Farron region. I think. You can like any re- each any region. There's not like a divine a divine beast or like a memory. You can kind of do without because I, I think there are regions that lack both of those things. That yeah, can- but here's the you know here's where I feel like the argument could kind of start against Aaron here because there are those little regions that have you know their own cool little things that aren't even like well a lot of them are still shrines. Yes, but. There are unique you know, sort of mysteries, you know? Yeah, I, I, I things I, that flesh out the story of the world and how 
how it kind of builds this history around you. Like with the heat, with the Farron region, there's the, the Zonai. Yes. And they're sort of, uh, you know, they're mysterious. Uh, what was it? What was the spring of courage? I think is in the Farron region. Spring of courage. Yeah. It's in the, that, that's Link, yeah. right? That's yeah. Link's. That, that's, that's, that's Link's. Uh, you know, it's just deep in the jungle. You have the, um, you know, all the big stone carvings of, you know, the owls and the boars and the, what was the other one? Dragons. Dragons. Yeah, because that's the print. They said in the ma- in the uh, the Masterworks book, yep. you know, that was the primitive version of the Triforce. Yep. Um, you can find the giant Leviathan bones uh, in in different places, and I yeah, feel like that's so which, cool. Which is a quest. Which right. is a quest as well. But it's just so cool that you see these things here these these massive remnants of of the past i suppose i feel like that's really cool yeah just, it is. just seeing these things like they're not little things they're enormous like the the eighth um sheer wine the eighth heroine in the uh in the um gerudo highlands yep it's you the know, hidden one yeah there's just so much Theory craft and the sword is like far away from the statue itself, so you think yep. you found it, but then it's like, oh shoot, it's not even there. Yeah, I, I, I do want to, I, because I do agree with you that the way they use the world is, it kind, it's, it's to the game's favor. I think they do also do a good job of they spread out the quests, so they make you go and find like each region actually spend significant amount of time there. Yeah, I oh another thing. Speaking of quests, um, I did want to get your opinion on this as well. Okay, I heard a I heard a criticism recently that there aren't enough memorable side quests in Breath of the Wild. He said that this person said that they could remember maybe seven side quests total, and that that might have been stretching it. And then the rest were pretty unmemorable. Out of a whopping, I forget how many side quests there are actually in the game. I want want to say eighty something. Yeah, he. It was definitely around that margin, but I want to see what you think of that because I can kind of agree. So, wait, are we talking about just like quests or sh- shrine quests included? Uh, I'm gonna say that shrine quests are not included. Okay, because I was gonna say if you include shrine quests, and his entire point is it's to, it's not it doesn't make sense because, because shrine quests are very unique they're rewarding they yeah, only those are rewarding they do only reward you with a shrine though yeah i i do i can see the argument that there is an over-reliance of shrines as a reward the reason i'm okay with that is because the story has because the story is consistent with the fact that all the characters you encounter are aware that there's only one person who can enter those shrines and that's what and like you being that person, I think you lose appreciation for that. But right, you, you, so you saying it only rewards a shrine. Like if we're gonna put ourselves in the shoes of like people in that game, that's like the most rewarding thing you can get, I suppose. But then again, you are the person playing the game. Yeah, so I I, I understand it from both angles, but I tend to disagree with that. Only finding a shrine is like a slight. Not saying right. that you're like not saying that you're saying shrine quests are useless or anything, but. I don't. T- I wouldn't take that as a slight. Um, but back to your point about the side quests. Um, I just because just because I've played the game so much, I I can definitely remember more than like seven or eight shrine quests. 
or side quest, just to name two, just the blue, the blue flame. I, you know, those two I liked, um, just get getting to the, getting to the Hebra region. There's a lot of ones up there. Like, um, getting the, getting the snowball down the mountain and hitting the giant knock and knocking it over. I remember that one. Um, the Ridgeland tower where you have to fly. I think that's, a, I think that's a quest. Right. Yeah. A quest. Um, the finding the master sword. I mean, that's a main quest, but like the Kor- the Korok trials, those are rewarding. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed those. I guess um, getting your camera fixed. I don't think it's a main quest. That's not a main quest. I don't. I don't think so. No. Your compendium or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Your compendium. Oh my God. That's something Pokemon else. Pokemon Snap. Thanks. <laughs> That's something else I just did not do. But yeah. no, I do see his point. But I would again, I would disagree with it. But because, like I said, I think it does a good job of spreading you, spreading you around each area. And making you like spend significant time and enjoy it and actually like get an understanding for what's around you in the map. So I do think that most of the side quests serve a purpose. Not all of them obviously serve a purpose, but I I do think that some of them are more memorable than others, whether it was because it took you so goddamn long to figure out or just because <laughs> you enjoyed it. Right. No, I'm definitely leaning more towards your uh side here. Um, because I'm a huge fan of the game, obviously. Oh my god, yeah. But, you know, um, this is all stuff that we could reasonably see changing in the sequel, of course. You know, I don't know how much... Okay, if... The one absolute worst thing they can do is bring back those 900 goddamn Koroks. Yeah, I'm pretty we're sure not, we're consensus, not finding don't them. do not bring back the Korok. I refuse to look for even 50 of them damn things. <laughs> but we did talk about Breath of the Wild 2 theories in a previous episode. So if you want to check out that, um, I think it's episode 9 is Breath of the Wild 2 theories. I can. I, I have no idea. I can get confirmation. I can confirm it right now. Um, Actually, now thinking about it, I guess Koroks are also part. They're also a... I hate to say a good example of what I was talking about earlier. Yep. Episode nine. You can listen to that. Link's Awakening recap, Breath of the Wild 2 theories. So you can, you can listen to that if you're interested in that. We will dive into more Breath of the Wild 2 theories later as the game gets closer to release and we get more information on it. But for now, we're going to stick with Breath of the Wild. So you can continue. Yeah. So I was thinking, I guess the Koroks are also kind of, kind of a representation of also what I was talking about earlier with the simplicity of the puzzles. And mm-hmm. how they have to be recognizable for the player. Because once you figure out one way to find a Korok, you know you know it. Like yeah, and then it just it's, it's once just you start, overturn that first rock, it clicks. And you find that son of a bitch yeah, underneath. It clicks. It, you're like, I'm going. You have to lift up every rock now. Once you throw that stone into that circle of stone pillars in that river, and, you, and then you see another circular stone pillar formation, you're like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> once you hear that, you're like, I did it. <laughs> He's like, whoop, and then, like the flat, you know, you have to go through the rings or shoot the freaking balloons or everything. It's very, I feel like this game is very geared, ironically, towards new players in that, in that regard, or at least players that are new to the game and haven't played it for a while. I would think that because it is like an entirely new game. And now, obviously, it's very difficult at the beginning. Yeah, obviously, and it was a launch title game. So, and don't even get us started on master mode. I beat it in Master Mode. <laughs> but 
Yeah, that was, that was again that was the challenge. beginning for both modes is the hardest part. Yeah, definitely. I mean, once you kind of there's a very especially very especially in master mode, I think you make the argument of getting off the great plateau is the hardest part. It is very difficult, but once I, remember, you, I remember texting you. I was going to that last shrine, and I'm like, "There's a goddamn gold Lionel on this damn plateau, and all I have is a tree." <laughs> Uh yeah no that's the one with the uh, the club right the oh my god yeah one hit of that thing that you're thing uh, you're splattered you're like panel yeah yeah um okay so do you want to talk about the story story okay another criticism of the game is that it doesn't have a direct storyline that is correct um I have thought long and hard about this but it always gets harder every time I talk about it. This is a very decisive factor because as far as world-building story goes, it's fantastic. Yep. It is fantastic. Environmental storytelling is on point. Uh, Just, again, we already talked about all the things that you can find that builds the history of Hyrule. Yeah. uh, With the ruins ruins of the Arbiter's Ground. This is kind of getting into timeline talk, but if you've played other Zelda games, there are places named after these you know, characters or other locations like the Arbiter's Grounds is in the Gerudo Desert from, and that's from Twilight Princess. There's Mekar Island uh, near the uh, the Korok Forest, which is a reference to Makar. Great uh, Deku trees in the game. Was, that's a reference to Great Time. Obviously, the Great Deku tree is still in the game. Uh, but even, then also- even in the dialogue, I remember the first memory Zelda's talking about like. She's like officially knighting Link. Yeah, so like and, she references a lot of the, yeah, of the other games like Adrift in Twilight, or uh, she references Skyward Sword. I remember, and that kind of goes through different and Ocarina of Time. And those are the three games she mentions. Yeah, and those those three games are in different timelines, or at least two of them are in one, one's in the other. You know, with the split timeline thing, it's a commonly it's now starting to be like commonly held that Breath of the Wild is meant to kind of like re. Uh, unify the timeline it seems it seems like breath of the wild is kind of like the eventual end of every timeline it's so far in the distant future from every zelda game that it all just blends together uh which i think with a game at this scale is definitely the right game to do it Mm -hmm. um but again it just really um rewards old fans i believe with all these references uh with all the locations specifically uh you also have the three dragons uh which are i believe references to the golden goddesses from ocarina of time yep uh with you know the courage power wisdom the goddesses who created hyrule um but yeah environmental storytelling fantastic uh you know you have all these big things and they're amazing and you know the the uh, the prison of Hyrule Castle. That's the, where you get the Highland Shield. Yeah, that is where you get the Highland Shield. The 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 observatory where you fight Calamity Ganon, which was built by the Sheikah underneath the castle. Yeah. To kind of observe this, uh, it's called the Astral Observatory, I think. And I we you know the theory goes that it was built to survey the stars of Hyrule or something like that. We don't know for sure, but. It is definitely, I believe it's a more important spot than the game kind of gives it to being just a battlefield for Calamity Ganon. Uh, but yeah, dragons, amazing. Leviathan Bones, sick. Uh, 
what else was there? Uh, the seven heroines or eight heroines, I suppose. There's just a yeah. lot of a lot of things, and then you just find you can even find the little things in just every corner of the world. And even if they don't give you a reward, I personally like seeing that stuff because it just helps you build a world, and I just think that's cool. But as far as main story goes, being told mostly through memories, I think that it works. I, I think that do. there's enough of a balance between current happenings and, you know, what happened before to be a good story. Yeah, I think they, you know, it gets a lot of criticism for not being a direct storyline. The rebuttal that is it's an open world game and every open world game is essentially like that. Right. Um, if you really want to, and there's been plenty of people that have, you can just go take a tree. You can take a tree branch and go fight Clamney again right from the get go. <laughs> but obviously I think it does a good job of lining you up with um, the tutorial. As we talked about the, the ghost of King Rome tells you, look, you get your ass whooped. If you go there, go to Kakariko and talk to the old person and then go from there. And right. Yeah. And that, that paves the way for the divine beast, the memories, the compendium, the, all that stuff. So how do you think Zelda was handled? You know, now that there's a sequel, I think they handled her well. Because she doesn't really serve a direct purpose in this game. It's more so Link and just him trying to... I can't find... I was looking for the dialogue of Zelda's exact quote, but I can't find it. So, um, so yeah, I think... Obviously, you don't see Zelda until the last, what, like minute of the game? <laughs> yeah, like, like alive and in the flesh, you only get to really um, you. The way she's only you only see her in personalities or Jesus Christ. In, in you, only see her, you only see her in memories, and it does a good job of laying her personality. That's what yeah, I, I feel like. That's a good way of building Zelda's character. It builds up, uh, yeah. It builds up the conflict of what they had because you wouldn't know that they had a like a back and forth conflict unless you do the memories. Yeah, um, there's just a. There's a very big inner turmoil within Zelda um, with not being able to kind of awaken to the purpose that she um, that she was essentially born to do. Where she has to awaken the godly power of the Triforce, or at least of the royal family, she puts it to seal Calamity Ganon away. And, you know, you see her struggle, you see her get frustrated with not being able to okay. Can I I you? talk about this before. I we? found the, I found the quote, um, whether skyward bound adrift in time or steeped in the glowing embers of twilight, the sacred blade is forever bound to the soul of the hero. That's in the first memory. So yep. That's there's the, three, there's yeah. the three game references. That's the one. Yeah. I was searching for that forever. Okay. You may continue. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> so I feel like we also talked about this in a previous episode. We talked about Zelda a little bit, I believe a little bit. Didn't get much uh, into it, but, yeah, it's just I think we went back and forth on whether or not her arc concluded well, because she was very much set up as trying to, you know, fit her purpose, but not being able to uh, or to try and fulfill her her literal sacred duty mm-hmm. and not being able to. And, you know, feeling completely useless, feeling like she left, she let her kingdom die. Feel like she was personally responsible for every death 
that Calamity Ganon caused. And that is obviously when the crying scene happens in one of the final memories. It kind of, like, not to be harsh, it kind of is her fault. You did you did mention that you think she gave up way too fast. Yeah, I think that her 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 determination to do it on her own was ultimately her biggest downfall. And yeah, because she also turned away Link. Yeah, which like I think the I think if you go back to the memory, Zelda's mom like Zelda references her mom saying that you have to find like what will awaken the power because it's different for everybody that's ever lived in your yeah. time, in your like bloodline. And the one thing that awakens the the there's there's conspiracies, but the one I think the one factor that awakens her power is saving Link's life is is Link, yeah, the person who the, the guy she turned away and didn't want to actually finally warmed up to. Yeah, I feel the, like it was. Am I wrong or like when she started kind of like kind of really accepting that she couldn't do it? Isn't that when she started opening up to Link a little bit or letting? So, so I remember the memories. Um, Zelda like sneaks away from Link trying to open a shrine, but she can't do it. Obviously. Right. Link finds her, and then she snaps. Then she snaps on him, and then I think she goes to the Guru Desert to talk to Urbosa, who's essentially her her mother figure. Her mother figure, yeah. Yeah, and then Link finds her there, and then she almost gets killed by the Yiga, and that's when Link saves her, and that's when they start finally like connecting. But I think I think this is my personal taste in theory with the memories and the storyline. I think Zelda always knew she had like a soft spot for Link. But right. she didn't want to admit it because I think it was so important to prove to everybody that she can find this power on her own and save the kingdom and awaken this power on her own. That it just ended up, it just ended up getting the best of her. And that final, and that scene where she's crying before it all, like before the main story happens, like you can just see that she just breaks because of all the pressure. Yeah, she, she just feels like she completely and utterly failed. Because yeah, I feel like. I feel like she tried going through the methods that her ancestors had. Yeah, but like her, her, says, her, her training, her training kind of consisted of just praying to the, at the three springs at the three springs. And when that didn't work, she that was like her only idea. And then she wanted to go off and, you know, look at or uh, get kind of um, interested she, in the guardian tech and the Sheikah so, technology. Yeah, she moved on from trying to awaken the power and just moved on to trying to assist in other ways but then the king's just like no like that's not your responsibility i feel like a lot of people thought that you know it was kind of building up like oh she can't she's not uh, to quote endgame she's not being who she was supposed to be but yeah. she's being who she is mm-hmm. but i feel like a lot of people feel like that was not executed correctly because eventually she awakens the power she falls back into the role that she was born for yeah and it ends so, up and it ends up like saving everybody. She ends up saving everybody in a way that you wouldn't think she would. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that isn't the point. Uh, you know, not you know, because people are saying, oh, she could have found some way to use the technology or whatever. But really, uh, this is this is really hard to talk about now that I realize about it. 
the more that I talk about it. There's just so many different angles to look at it from. Yeah. And especially now with the sequel, we'll kind of we'll probably get a better idea. I think. Yeah. Now that I mean, now that Zelda's out adventuring with Link, I feel like that is. I feel like there those people who are saying these things are being satisfied because she's eager to learn, you know, probably new skills. You know. Yeah. Now that uh, the evil has been vanquished. For now. For for now. Now that she has now that she has the power, I think she wants to build off of her already like her already like powerful self. Like she wants to learn now and just become like the strongest she can possibly be to prevent anything from anything like that ever happening again. Right. And she knows that the next I feel like she knows that the next time she might not be able to win on this power alone, on this last minute save that she pulled out. Yeah. It's gonna take it's gonna take both her and Link, which I and think. Yeah, now now that she's relying on Link more and she's more trusting of him, I feel like that could lead to some very significant character growth and uh, really define who this specific incarnation of Zelda is. Yeah, it's and gonna hopefully be- bouncing off of that, Link will also you know be able to be flushed out a bit more because I feel like this is a triple A just. What I'm guessing to be a just a huge, another huge game, Breath of the Wild 2. Yep. And I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for them to expand on Link here. Because this is, this is oh. Ganondorf. This is the dwarf. He's back. Like, come to think of it, like, Link and Zelda are almost like the same character when it, when it comes to their respective roles. They were both born to do one thing, really. Yeah, but like obviously Link handles his in a way better like manner. I mean, Link's just the stone cold killer. Can can never be stopped, night except when he was stopped. Yeah, uh, brutally stopped, but brutally stopped nearly by a guardian laser through the skull. But yeah, that that'll do it. But Link, obviously, I don't think he has the pressure growing up that Zelda did. But when, but their missions are essentially the same. Right, just. Stop the pig. So, um, so I'm interesting to see how they, um, how they correlate in the next game, because I think they, like, like you said, they can do. So Zelda, we have Zelda's personality kind of like we have a foundation for it, and yeah, Link's personality hasn't really changed when it comes from like game to game. Like I said, want want him to say one line. That's one, all I want. It, just one, one line. Just, but, just one. Uh, you know, uh, man, I got really off a tangent there, but continue. I do want to see how they bounce off of each other when it comes to work together to, like you said, defeat this inevitable evil. And I think how they bounce off each other will, this is getting really off line here, but I think that will depend on if we get a trilogy, our first ever trilogy. Oh man. I saw a video, I saw a thumbnail that said, could this be a trilogy? And I was like, Oh, Colby's going to want to watch that one. Oh, Colby was all over that. Yeah, but so um, I yeah, we both I think we both enjoyed the story for what it was, because I think it it, I think if you played through the whole story and even through the DLC, the DLC just made the story better, I think. Yeah. And there's still many memorable characters like like I was saying, the ratio between past events and current events, because you still have to go out. A lot of the most of the epic moments in the game come from disabling the divine beast so that Link can get into them. And that's when you, you know, do the special 
sort of missions with each uh, champion's respective uh, descendant. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Riju, you got Sidon, you got Yonobo, and you have... Uh, I know T- it. Chiba, uh, yeah. Is he a direct descendant or is he just like a big fan? I think he's just a big I, fan. I don't think he's a direct descendant. Maybe he's... I don't know. So he, he's, he, he's, he was the most unmemorable, to be fair. Chiba, yeah, definitely. But uh, as far as everyone else goes... Um, they were fantastic, and especially Sidon's loved. Yes, yeah, Sidon is worshipped. Sidon is worshipped like a Greek god in that game. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a little scary at times. But do you uh, want to talk about? Do you just want to talk about the champions? Let's just talk about the champions now. Did we talk? Did we talk about the champions earlier, or was that just a private conversation between us that we had? So, so what we the only thing we that I can remember vividly we touched upon was in the Breath of the Wild two theories pod. When we talked about if they were going to be referenced at all in the next. Oh game. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, so you guys okay. can go watch that if you want to learn about. If we can, you can listen to that. Shit, God, damn it. Well, I'm gonna start keeping a counter. How many times you say watch? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, so yeah, you can listen to that. It's episode nine, like we already said. But okay, the champions. The order I think I did mine first was I freed Mifa, Rivali, Daruk, and then Urbosa. But I did Urbosa <laughs> first. Um, Moron. <laughs> Urbosa, then Mifa, then Rivali, then Daruk. But now I, but my latest playthrough, I've done them in which champions I like best, or and I refree them from champions I like the least to champions I like the best. So I free Rivali. Then I take a break because I hate him that much. Um, Urbosa, Daruk, and Mifa. That's my favorite lead. That's my least of greatest. Mifa's my, I like Mifa the best. My opinions on the champions change constantly, however. Uh, you still have the same favorite? In Urbosa? Yeah. Yeah. So you still, okay, as I say, we're not counting Link in this, by the way. Yeah, no, we're not counting Link. Link's. Link's a good boy, but he's we play as him. So, yes, um, I think I hate Rivali the most, just as a cocky bitch. But yeah, but there's even him. There's more to him in the DLC. You can see. Yeah, he's just so like Link, like Link and Zelda. It's just his own. His 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 mission. He he's just so so set. He's so desperate to try and fill this role that they've that he's been given that he's been given the chance to yeah that his people long needed yeah he's i feel like was there a reference to him like not being super like liked or very popular uh in his younger years but then he finally gets this chance to you know be this hero, you know, yeah, he's he's a nobody when he's younger. But once he once he becomes like uh, the best archer in the village and talked about as one of the greatest Rito warriors, then he's then he's the shit. Because I feel like which is ultimately that's where his relatability lies. Just that desperate need to be something to do something that you'll be remembered for, you know, mm-hmm. and his self obsession and his self obsession becomes his demise. Honestly, yeah, because 
Uh, I talked about you with I talked to you in private. I think about the uh, the Divine Beast SOS uh, thing. I, that video. I was just about to bring that video up. That video is so interesting. Yeah, because they all. For those of you who don't know, there is hidden the in the corrupted Divine Beast track for each, and it's different for each Divine Beast. There is essentially a Morse code SOS signal that is sent out. Uh, usually in the early part of the song or in the track. Mifa, uh, Urbosa, and uh, Daruk's Divine Beasts, their tracks all send out the SOS signal pretty early on in the track when it starts. Like three seconds into the fight. But Rivali's takes a little longer. Like, it's not until a little bit later in the track that which just makes this all the more sad. It just makes it so sad talking because, about it. Because, you know, it, those those first three, they were like, oh, oh, shit. We're fucked. <laughs> they're these Blight Ganons. They're taking over the Divine Beast. We can't control them. Send help. Rivali's like, I'm the shit. This is, I'm taking this down. But then even he is eventually is like, okay. I'm probably screwed. I need help, too. And it just makes it so sad, man. Yeah, oh my god, that video, like, it's just like, oh my god, like their deaths are sad enough. Now they got like, SOS calls, like. But hey, that that still adds to the the level of detail that the uh, that the, that Nintendo and the Legend of Zelda team put into this game. It's that's sad. the level of detail that you can ex- that you can expect all the way through, you know, environmental details details to story details to. Even hidden in the music, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. But so, <laughs> I, yeah, Rivali's my least favorite. Um, I think Daruk's just—he's a lovable character. Daruk's he, a lovable. He doesn't really have a flaw besides being like his flaw is sort of head super dog. headstrong. Uh, he also does not like dogs. He's afraid of puppers. Uh, he's a little. He's a little. He's. Uh, he, he's. He's also on team. He's, of, he's a bit of a meathead. Yeah. Dra- he's also on team Drago when it comes to the ring fit. He, he's not bodybuilding. Yeah. He's not, he's not by me. He's not by means into the fit thing. He's a buff guy. Um. Uh, Mifa, again, very love, lovable, very kind. I love her. Crushing on Link. That's also so sad. Also, really, really, really sad. The Zora. Oh, God. Zora. Oh, the Zora quest is really, really sad. In the diaries, oh my god, just so just, sad. Side on talking about his sister and how good that game is. It's so goddamn depressing at times. Oh man, Zora specifically, so ah, uh, it's so depressing. It's so sad. It really is. They just love her. They love her more than anything. They uh, even even fucking Muzu. Mm. Even he. Uh, you feel for him, man. No, you don't. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, okay, okay, you eventually feel for him. You but... eventually feel for him after he stops being a being a doucher. But yeah, yeah. he made the armor for Link. And then was going to ride on the Divine Beast to propose. And then she did the thing where she died. Dude, that's so sad. It's, it's heart-wrenching. That's uh, not okay. Bring them back to life. Breath of the Wild 2 theory, please. No chance. No chance. Remember, I was talking to you about the if the DLC was you could actually play as those characters before they all died. How much I would have slapped. 
Oh my god! I mean, I feel like they tried to replicate that with the uh, with the rematches with the blights, mm-hmm. but only with specific gear. I feel like yeah. they tried to. Mifa's is the hardest, by the way. Oh god, Mifa sucked. Oh, you can see how she just got immediately whooped up in there. Yeah, that's all she had, and that's the only armor and gear she you had. And arrows, woman. You didn't think the pack worked? <laughs> I mean, she's got three spears. Oh my god, that didn't do that. that two, break two, very fast. broke as soon as you took him out. <laughs> Especially on master mode, that sucked. That took that took me three tries to beat. It was impossible. If you don't have Urbosa's Fury, there's no way you can keep damage up on the thing. Oh no. No way, but and then I think yeah, I think the last champion we'll talk about is Urbosa. I, I think also very lovable, um, very confident. She accepted the call right away. She knew yeah. she had a duty to Hyrule. She kicks ass in all the cutscenes she's in, pretty much. Yeah, except for the one that kind of determined if she'd live or die. She didn't keep. She didn't kick a ton of ass in that one. No, no, but but hey. neither does Link. If you you if you say that you beat that divine beast on the first try, you are a liar. Oh God, Vano Boris, terrible. So it's very confusing the first time. By far, and the also, hardest. and then, and then you got to throw insult into injury. Thunderblight Ganon. Oh God, he's by far the hardest of the blights. Oh yeah, because for Fireblight, here's a bomb. For uh, for Windblight, eh, some arrows will do it. For Waterblight, if you're not in master mode, you're not doing the rematch. Some more arrows, arrows will do it. Uh, but for Thunderblight, it's like oh. You just dropped literally everything you own. In now go pick it up and fight them. You're just like, nope. I'm now good. go pick it up while I drop these steel pillars and rain lightning. And yep, it's terrible. It's awful. And do freaking extreme speed. <sighs> yeah, and he doesn't have five PP either for that. He is like, 30. <laughs> he's got. He he is the PP max on that stuff. Yeah, I don't get it. Now no freaking red max okay. His blight Pokemon. God damn red. <laughs> God damn it, red type Pokemon. Yeah, he's master balled all four of them. Like, where'd you get four master balls, kid? That is a that's a hefty time frame right there. One hour and twenty minutes. Hey man. That was a good discussion. It was a very good discussion. Do you um, want to wrap it up and then we can uh, talk about then we can get into the dream teams. Oh yeah, well we'll have to do dream teams real fast. But um I mean, longer episodes aren't too bad. I feel like this is a good yeah. one anyway. I, I'm probably going to replay Breath of the Wild now. Hey, man. It's it's good for the soul. Oh, yeah. It's always good to go back and break off the, break off the dust and you know, just, just play a game that you already know what's going to happen. You already know how to be. So I enjoy it. Agreed. So, uh, I mean, final verdict. It's, final it's verdict. Good. It's a good, good game. It's, it, it's pretty good. If you don't have a Switch, or sorry. If you have a Switch and you don't have Breath of the Wild... What are you doing? I don't know why. If you don't have a Switch, buy it just for Breath of the Wild. It, it, yeah, it, it is one of the two games that I stamped for worth buying a Switch for. So, And the other, I feel like, if you're a long-time listener of this podcast, you don't even need to hear the name. We'll, we'll bring it up later, don't worry. Uh, we'll br- oh yeah, trust me, it'll, it'll we'll be today, we have to, we Golden have to joysticks, vote for Fire Emblem. Yeah, we'll talk about it now. Golden Joysticks, voting's open. Fire Emblem Three Houses is, I think, the only Nintendo game on there. So if you're a listener to this podcast and you like Nintendo and if you like Fire Emblem Three Houses, we tweeted a link. You can go check that out. We'll tweet it again probably, retweet it, get the word out. We got to get – we are 
We're driving the train. We're, we're, we are driving the train. First, the Golden Joysticks, then Game of the Year. Game of the Year. We're coming, baby. So, but if we can Joe's get one, Ija, please come on the podcast. Oh yeah, and Joe Zija, you can come on the pod. <laughs> I, yeah. I will be. I will be in his Twitch stream tomorrow. I will. I will be like Joe. You'll be oh. advertising the pod the whole yep. time. I, I, I'll, I will do a Twitch Prime sub just so I can be like Joe. Come on the pod. Oh God. Hey, that, that's a good one. It is. All right, that's a good strategy. All right, dream team. Uh, it's called the, we're we're renaming this sub this uh segment the meme dream team. Meme uh, team. We did. What is your five best, five basketball? We did five five basketball. We did spike, spike ball, ball, and then we did six uh six man uh volleyball team. So six, six man volleyball team. Your we brother. Only, we're only gonna read a we're only gonna read a few. Yeah, we're only gonna read a few. Uh, let's see. We got first one. Six Neil Armstrongs. The dude has constant zero gravity. Mm. See, now you'd think that'd be good, but once you get in the air and you know, like hey. you return the ball, you you'd be stuck floating there. Like you'd. It would literally just take. It literally just take one spike, and that team's done. And like once you figure out one, the weakness of one of them, you know the weakness of all of them. So. I, I don't know. I'll give that team a solid four. Out of what? Out of seven. Four out of seven? I'm going to give that team a two out of seven. <laughs> Neil's up there in age, man. If he's not coming back down to the ground, he's toast. <laughs> seven as in Apollos. Okay. I don't even think that's, like, a, hey, that's, that's not a real that's, thing. That's Moving on. Uh, we got Samuel L. Jackson. Larry the Lobster. Alexander the Great, Kermit the Frog, oh Michael Scarn, and Andre the Giant. Larry that, the Lobster is a volleyball legend. We got some heavy hitters on that team. Goo Lagoon, Larry Lobster owns that damn beach. Samuel L. Jackson, Intimidation Factor, easy. If he's wearing the eye patch, oh boy. Larry the Lobster, just big meaty claws. That ball ain't going anywhere. Uh, Alexander the Great, just a good all-rounder. Just a reliable man. Yeah, leader, team leader. A, a really good win-loss ratio. Very. Uh, Kermit. Um, a little Def- lacking on Def- strength. Definitely the liability on this team, but uh, you know, he, he's big the disruption guy. factor, I feel. He's the glue guy. He's the, he's the guy that keeps the team together. Keeps them together. Michael Scarn. He can keep um, that damn Muppets together. He can keep this volleyball together. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's kept the Muppets together. Okay, no, 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 Michael Scarn is definitely the weak point on this team. That guy. Yeah, I don't know. Michael Scarn just doesn't have that superhuman sh- like strength or ability. You need a funny guy. You, you do need a funny guy. Um, Andre the Giant, pretty, uh, pretty uh, self-explanatory, to be honest. I'm, I'm spiking at Andre all day. He can't get down, so... Uh, well, yeah, but you probably couldn't get through him either. To be fair, he just takes a, if he if he's the middle guy on that too. Boy, it's trouble. That's trouble. I was about to say that that is absolutely if, insane. If he's in the back, like he's just gonna get cooked all day long. That's that's barbecue chicken. That is true, but hey, you gotta you gotta just have faith that the team will will know where to put him. Look, north but south. You also, you do have to rotate, so they will take advantage of that. Yeah, if you get him going north south. Easy. Well, east to west? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Same with Kermit. Kermit Kermit can't get east to west. Have you seen them tiny ass legs? (laughs) He can't get north to south. Shit. He's the strategizer. He's the strategizer. Coach Kermit. That's that. He's player coach Kermit. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, now we're on to your team. You, you also. Uh, now the real mention in this. You you got a real night. You got a real good theme going on. I do. You got the Easter Bunny, Bugs Bunny, the Tricks Rabbit, Lola Bunny. Low Punny and Score Bunny. Now let's go through this here because it's very. There's a very wide range of of skill sets here, uh, despite what you would believe. Easter Bunny, shock factor. No one has this guy's never been seen before. He's going to walk onto the court. People are going to be like, "What the? He's a wild card." That's the LeBron of my team. You need you need an icon to build he's around. Real. He's real sneaky. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna pull out the. Uh, the sneaky things. Him and Trix Rabbit can probably cook up some cook up some strats. Trix Rabbit's a loose cannon. I need to have a loose cannon <laughs> on the team. <laughs> yeah, loose cannon. Easter Bunny's probably going to rein him in a little bit, but they're both still tricksters. Uh, Absolutely. You got Bugs Listen. Bunny and Lola Bunny for the two captains. Great chemistry. Great chemistry. They just, you know, they, they go back rounders as well. They played basketball with Michael Jordan together. They can absolutely play volleyball with the Easter Bunny and the Trix Rabbit. <laughs> listen, all, all these guys can jump, so that goes without saying. Yeah, listen, you, if you think that you're going to not get spiked on in this game, you're wrong. Also, first female I think we have mentioned on any of these teams, so there you go. Diversity gets another win for the Diversity points. Diversity uh, wins. Then you got Low Bunny. Um, Second female. Are, are we packing a mega? Are we packing Mega Low Punny? Oh, if packing a Mega, it's a wrap. Nobody's scoring on my. I was about to say if, if they're able to, to smuggle in a Mega Stone in there, it, it's a little, it's kind of over. Yeah, but we'll say no for now. But again, Low Punny, I mean, Low Punny, you can, I think, can get off know, the ground. Tiny arms, but but the strong core, uh, another good, pretty good all rounder. She's adored by everybody. So yeah, no, she's got like the fame. It. She's got the fame aspect. Yep. Uh, then we got Score Bunny, the rookie. I got my young gun. I need a young gun on the team. <laughs> so I mean, all these guys get up past the hill and get retired. Score yeah. Bunny, he can. I be got no. Bunny. I got no data on this one. No, but you got zero data, and but that also means that the opponents also have zero data. So mm-hmm. scouting, yeah. no one's gonna be able to scout this guy because he's just he's just an unknown. He's a young gun. Him and the Trick Rabbit are gonna get along great. They're both loose cannons. I was about to say, you know, Easter Bunny, you know, he, he's been a myth. He's been around for a little bit. But uh, Score Bunny is just, just hot, chip off the old block. He's he's new. He's fresh. Hell yeah. He's ready to take some names. Oh, my God. He's ready to dominate. All so, right. What's the last team? What? what? What was the last team? Oh, the last team was uh, just this dude saying, like, different uh, versions of himself. So like himself as a baby, himself as a toddler, himself as a preteen, himself as a teen, himself having a kid life crisis, and himself as an old man. That team's weak. That team is weak. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna leave it out, but that team that team sucks. That team's gonna get destroyed by all the teams. Team's whack. Even the Neil Armstrongs have no problem just sw- swiping him aside. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, some old ass Neils that are just floating around versus that. <laughs> that's good. That, that's a good back and forth right there. It's the literal asteroid field. 
All right, Tyler. But, uh, that is that's all the teams I got for you today for this segment. All right, we'll come up and with uh, now at nearly an hour and a half of a recording time. I believe it is time for us to to wrap this up and for me to finally do my homework. I mean, finish my already started homework. Colby, no homework today. So, well, aren't you are? Aren't I'm a lucky, you lucky guy. I'm a lucky guy. Um, you're a lucky guy. Okay, so that concludes says lengthy episode of switch it up very long and hopefully much better audio quality episode of switch it up all right so um if you have if you don't already be sure to follow the page on twitter at switch up pod you can follow myself at colby underscore more on both the gram as the kids call it and twitter <laughs> uh and you can follow me uh at tyler samsel on twitter uh we will probably be posting some more updates as uh Updates and polls as ideas come out and more right, news so is revealed. We want to thank you guys for listening again. Um, click the link. On, we're going to tweet it out and retweet it. But golden golden joysticks, vote vote for, for three houses for game of the year. Fire emblem, please. We we Fire. have the power, guys. We can make this happen. I'm going to read a. Di- Listen, Modern Warfare just came out. I'm going to read a direct text from my group chat talking about. Um. I genuinely rather die than play the new COD. So so fucking terrible. Uh, and then my one of my other friends said, "Yeah, I've been playing it, and it's literally spawn kill heaven. So bad." So there you go. That's all you need to hear. Wow, that is actually the exact opposite of everything I've been hearing over here on this same, side of the same on this side but, of the mountain. Same, but vote for Fire Emblem Three Houses, Golden Joysticks. We're gonna, the links on. We've tweeted the link today, which is Monday the twenty eighth. But this is probably the twenty ninth or even beyond but yeah <laughs> golden joysticks if you just type that in vote for game of the year five and three houses you can vote as many times as you want um Josija, you know what to do you you do know what to do come on the pod We're, we won't we won't keep you long we won't talk about just fire emblem we'll talk about whatever the hell you want we won't keep you long even though this episode is an hour and a half joe tell you what if joe you can just drop in just drop in a few words drop out Tell you what, Joe, you come on the you come on the pod. Tyler and I will both buy your trilogy of books. Uh, instantly, not instantly. even question. I will order it right in front of you. But <laughs> on that on that note, this is on been that note. Show. We will talk to you guys later. Thank you guys so much for listening. Winner. <laughs>